The Free Vision app is where you'll find a growing range of on-demand audio and video to help you look to God daily. Search Vision Christian Media in your app store. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. We're back today taking an opportunity to have a glance back through Australia's history. And when we talk about Australia's history, what we're talking about is Australia's Christian history. And that's not just something that's marginalised, rewritten or some sort of a sideline. Australia truly was founded as a nation that would be Christian. On the very first fleet, the Reverend Richard Johnson, he was the one who was the spiritual leader. And so Australia's very first leader was a strong evangelical Christian who had all sorts of desires about missionary endeavour in Australia. Well, let's talk today some more with our very special guest, Mike Spencer, who is the author of the book One People, One Destiny. It is a Christian history of Australia. Hello, Mike Spencer. Welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Good to be here again. Mike, when we talk about missions, sometimes, and these days, people have all sorts of different ideas about missions. Sometimes it's like tourism missionary work, where you just go overseas for a couple of weeks and you visit somewhere and uh, you have a missionary experience. Then there are those longer-term missionaries who will be sent out from Australia to perhaps some of those surrounding uh, South Pacific islands or nearby neighbours in Southeast Asia. But when we talk about missionary endeavour and take it right back to the beginnings of Australia and what makes our heritage and our foundation, Australia was really founded as those convicts were sent from England, but with an additional purpose to be a mission base for the Southern Hemisphere. Yes, definitely. One of the reasons for founding the colony in Australia, we always think it was a place to send convicts, and that is true, but it was also... Um, a place that could be a centre for missionary outreach to Asia and to the Pacific. And, of course, um, William Wilberforce and, and the members of the Clapham sect had a very important influence, and that was the goal that they wanted to pursue, not only to evangelise the convicts themselves, but also to reach out to the surrounding areas. And uh, back in those days, of course, being a missionary was not as easy as it is today. Most definitely, the very first missionaries who actually arrived in New South Wales had actually fled for their lives from Tahiti, where they, where they had been threatened with death. You know, it's interesting when we talk about the original chaplain on the First Fleet, Richard Johnson, and you mentioned the Clapham sect and Wilberforce, and there was John Newton in there, and they were friends with the Prime Minister, William Pitt, and the chaplain on board the First Fleet wasn't there just as a token chaplain, someone to maybe look after a few marriages and births and things like that, but he was really set aside as someone who would be a part of what they would think of as prison reform because these guys were a part of uh, a vision for prison reform. So sending a chaplain with the First Fleet to colonise a new nation was all about bringing reform and bringing a new Christian colony together. That's true. Um, that was part. That was a major influence on the original decision to establish the colony in New South Wales. Unfortunately, things didn't quite work out the way they wanted um, because of the way they organised the whole convict society. And so um, eventually, of course, William Wilberforce turned around and advocated the abolition 
of the uh, sending of co- of convicts to Australia, and that actually took place in due course. But originally, the original intention was, as you say, a form of prison reform and a form of missionary outreach. And the missionary outreach part was the idea of establishing a mission base so that nations that were surrounding Australia in those early years uh, would have an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Definitely. Um, I can read you a quotation that was written by a man called the Reverend Joseph King, and this was later in the, in the 19th century, and it's a very telling quotation for us today. We are to be, he said, God intends us to be a missionary people. All in Australasia who find Christ are to proclaim him. He must be proclaimed in our own cities, towns, country settlements and lonely pastoral homes, for he is the only king who can save men and set them free and lift them into the likeness of God and to the nations sitting in darkness beyond the horizon which Australia commands to Africa, India, China, Japan and the Isles of the Sea. We must send our messengers to plant everywhere, wherever there are men to be saved, the same kingdom. When we think of missionary endeavour that reaches out to nations beyond the uh, the place where this missionary hub would be set up, we're also talking about missionary endeavour to Indigenous Australians, which is a big story on its own, but that was also a part of the focus, was to bring the gospel to Australian Aboriginals. Definitely, and uh, the... Uh, benefit must be given to Australian missionaries because they never ever regarded the Aboriginal people as being, uh, as some of the settlers did, as being not really fully human. As far as the missionaries concerned, the Aboriginal people had souls, they were fully human and they could be saved. And they were saved. It was not easy to begin with. It was quite discouraging the work, but eventually Uh, many Aboriginal people found the Lord and it changed their society in a good way because with the influence, of course, of the white settlers and alcohol and all all the other evils of the secular society, the missionaries were alight and they actually worked to save the Aboriginal people and they did save the Aboriginal people. It certainly is a mixed bag of good and evil when Australians arrived here because with the convict settlement, And as you're reflecting, those settlers uh, who uh, brought disease and eventually uh, had conflict with the Aboriginal people and and, uh, the statistics would show us that many, many Aboriginal people were wiped out in dreadful, violent circumstances. The good news, of course, is that along with that came Christian mission because the Christian missionaries became a sanctuary for the Aboriginal people while that was going on. Uh, So a mixed bag, good and evil. Mm, Yes, definitely. And, Mike, I guess people will hear a little bit of a twang in your accent uh, because out of this Australian mission context came missionaries that went on to New Zealand from Australia. Yes, definitely. Samuel Marsden, who was the second chaplain of Australia after Richard Johnson, had a heart for the Māori people. He had a heart for the people of Australia too and the Aboriginal people, but he had a special heart for the Māori people in New Zealand. And he actually made, I think it was seven trips over to New Zealand in in the boat which he brought out of his own money, I would add, 
for those people who criticise him for earning money and out of his sheep sheep activity, sheep raising activities, he used his own money to buy the boat which took him to New Zealand on a number of occasions and he planted the gospel in New Zealand. In fact, he was so well loved in New Zealand that they called him Great Heart. We'll continue our conversation in just a short while. We're talking about Mission Endeavour and Australia's Christian Heritage. Our special guest is Mike Spencer, who's the author of One People, One Destiny, a book you can get a hold of from Vision Store. We're back with more shortly. We're talking through missions in Australia and our Australian Christian heritage. Our special guest is the author of a book called One People, One Destiny, Mike Spencer. And we're talking and zeroing in on some of the aspects of Australia's Christian history that have to do with missions. Uh, We mentioned in the last segment, Mike, uh, Samuel Marsden, a preacher who preached the first sermon to the Maori people. Uh, He, of course, came to Australia to support Richard Johnson and at a time of great need and showed himself to be a great man with great character and even with a severe reputation at some points. But he was just one of many great missionaries who came from Australia and moved into various contexts overseas. A few of the others, fill us in on a few of the other details. Walter and Mary Laurie. They laid the foundation of mission work in Tonga, and actually Margaret Reeson has written a very interesting book called Currency Lass on the story of of, uh, Mary Laurie. But also, of course, we have Mary Reed, who comes from Launceston. Now, she actually volunteered to go as Australia's first missionary to China as part of Hudson Taylor's China Inland Mission. Now, as I understand it, Hudson Taylor, who's renowned as one of those great icons of Christian mission, actually visited Australia. Yes, he did in 1890. And he had much blessing there, and he actually returned to China with 12 missionaries from Australia. And, of course, China at that stage was a very quite a dangerous place, and a number of these missionaries died. But the interesting thing is that when, uh, for example, there were two missionaries called Nellie and Topsy Saunders. Now, they lost their lives in 1895 in China, along with nine other missionaries, but their deaths did not discourage mission work at all. In fact, many more Australians volunteered to take their place, including Mrs Saunders, the mother of the murdered sisters. What's the connection between Christian Mission and Qantas Airlines? Well, Mary Reid from Launceston in Tasmania actually married a Launceston merchant called Frederick Fish, and their son was called Hudson Fish. Now, Hudson Fish was named after Hudson Taylor of the China Inland Mission. And, of course, Hudson Fish went on to become one of the founders of Qantas Airlines. Okay, let's get back to some more of this missionary endeavour. Early Australian missionaries who overflowed our shores and went to neighbouring nations, the Church of England's Anglican mission to Papua New Guinea began back in the late 1900s. Well, that's an interesting one, too, because the man who actually called for the foundation of the and the formation of the mission in New Guinea was actually the Bishop of Tasmania called H.H. Montgomery, who was actually the father of the famous World War II General Montgomery. And Florence Young, she was born in New Zealand. Uh, Brethren background, what's her connection with Australian Christianity and mission? I have a special fondness for Florence because she was born in my own town of Motueka in New Zealand and uh, and the brethren, in a brethren family. And 
she came over to Bundaberg with her family in 1882. And, and of course, at that stage, the Kanaka people from the Melanesian islands were working on the sugar plantations in Queensland. And she had a real heart for them. Now, many people regarded the Kanakas as a little better than animals. But she had a real heart for them, and she took them in, and she taught them to read the Bible. And eventually, um, she started schools for them. And that was the beginning of the Queensland Karaka Mission, which eventually became the South Sea Evangelical Mission, which is still very much a part of the Melanesian society today. And, of course, around that time, there was great revival that broke out. And, of course, it's an amazing story, isn't it, uh, of slavery on our shores here in Australia. Uh, but there was a revival amongst people who were slaves. Yes, at the beginning of the 20th century, of course, the new uh, federal government decided to return all the Kanaka people to, I guess, as part of their white Australia policy, they decided to return them to their homelands. Now, of course, many of these people had become Christians, and in 1905 to six, a, a major revival broke out amongst Kanaka people in Queensland, and this was God's way of ensuring that those who returned to the islands would actually be bold in their witness. And indeed, the memory of that uh, revival has been kept alive to the present day and has contributed to some of the more recent moves of God in the Solomon Islands. Interestingly, when we talk about Australia's Christian heritage and the history that you've written about in One People, One Destiny, uh, when we take all of these wonderful expressions of missionary work, uh, we can take it back to those foundations. Uh, when those people on the First Fleet arrived, uh, you had the Reverend Richard Johnson. Uh, there was seeds planted uh, from Samuel Marsden, who had his own work here in Australia and then off to New Zealand. Seeds planted with the uh, birthing of those churches and those schools that started early. Uh, these were bringing this missionary focus to the Australian people. And, uh, of course, history goes on. Uh, we're not just talking about past history, but a lot of the missionary endeavours that we're seeing today, we're really reliant upon understanding and celebrating our heritage to see that those things continue. Definitely. Um, in the Australian Dictionary of Evangelical Biography, which was written in 1994, out of the 640 entries there for which an occupation is given, 135 of them, or 21%, are missionaries either overseas or to the Aboriginal people. So Australia can claim to be a major missionary-sending country, certainly greater than some of the other countries. Absolutely outstanding. And you can read all about Australia's Christian history when you get a hold of Mike's book called One People, One Destiny. It's a book which is a complete Christian history of Australia. It's well written. It's an enjoyable read. And it's almost in the form of a textbook, but uh, suitable for school students to be able to research Australia's Christian history. Mike Spencer, uh, people can get a hold of that book through Vision Store. Simply go to vision.org.au. Mike, great talking to you. Thanks for being with us again today. Thanks, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.